I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. I once went an entire year as a television correspondent without using the word shocking. I thought it was overused and it was just, I don't know, I was just tired of hearing it. But there are some cases, like the predator Kevin Westerbeck, where there's no better word. And that is why Kevin Westerbeck is the next predator I've caught in this podcast. Kevin Westerbeck I don't know where to begin with him. He was one of 17 men who showed up in our Greenville, Ohio investigation in March of 2006. Greenville was the first small town to catch a predator investigation. We had done Bethpage, Long Island, near New York City. We did Herndon, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., Riverside, California, not far from Los Angeles and San Diego. But we wondered... Would we have the same results in small-town America, in a place like Greenville, population 13,000? A farming community, really. And that's when Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group with which we work, got a call from Detective Mike Burns of the Dark County Sheriff's Department. That's where Greenville is. He sensed that there was a problem in this community. And he didn't have the assets or the wherewithal to put together a major investigation. He knew Perverted Justice worked with us on To Catch a Predator. And he said, look, uh, we've got a problem. We want to do an investigation. Will you help? Now, at this point, after the first three investigations, we literally received 15,000 emails from viewers concerned about their children wanting us to continue these investigations, exposing men who go online, preying upon 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old boys and girls. So we knew that we were on a mission of import. And we had meetings with the Sheriff's Department, with Mike Burns and his team, Perverted Justice, and we set up in a house 
in Greenville, a big house actually. It was uh, built by a, a home builder in the area, bachelor, seven car garage, big place, but kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And so it was kind of an interesting investigation in that we would get a bunch of guys show up and then we'd have like eight hours where no one showed up. And it seemed at the time that we had a lot of people chatting who would get put off for one reason or another, but then come back around. And that was the case with Kevin Westerbeck. On his profile, Westerbeck said he was 27 and he showed a picture of himself with a an exotic bird around his head. I think maybe it was a cockatiel, it was white. And when you look back at this, you can see that, you know, he was trying to appeal perhaps to younger people online. But what do we learn later about Westerbeck was his background, his criminal history. And perhaps it's the case that speaks most to, you know, whether or not these guys can be rehabilitated, whether or not being busted once or caught once will change the course of their life. Because as it turns out, Westerbeck, or as he called himself online, Change for the Better 2006, was probably never going to change for the better. And I'll get into where he is today and a little bit later in the episode here. Westerbeck finds the perverted justice decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl in a regular chat room. She goes by Corin Destiny forever. Clearly states she's 13. And he starts chatting. And it doesn't take long before he shows his intent. Change for the better 2006. I only live a half hour from there. What do you feel like doing? Oh, I'm just looking for some fun, says Westerbeck. A hookup? You? And she plays it as you would suspect a 13-year-old girl would, perhaps, home alone at her grandmother's home. And she doesn't open up about meeting Westerbeck right away. But she's not against the idea either. She asks Westerbeck, what would we do if you came over? Talk, make out, whatever. So now he says he's 27. We know that he's really 47. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But he's already working what he thinks is his magic here. And then he goes on to actually tell the decoy, whom he thinks is a 13-year-old girl, what he does for a living. And it's the truth. He's a financial analyst for the military at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base right there in Ohio, not far from where we're located, near Dayton. He confirms that she's home alone, saying, by yourself? Then he says, cool, you should have some friends over. This is where the grooming continues. Then he says, do you have a cam? No, Grandma won't let me. They go back and forth. He, she does send a picture. He says, she's cute. And then he says, feeling frisky? Want me? Physically? She asks again, what would we do? Whatever you wanted to do. And he starts leading her down the road towards a sexual encounter. She makes it pretty clear that she doesn't have a lot of experience, that she's watched hookups on TV before. But before anything gets too serious, too intimate, her grandmother always turns the show off. That only seems to make him even more interested. Then he says, think I'm going to get naked. She 
he says, don't you get cold? Nope. And then he says he wants to come to Greenville and get naked with her. Really come to Greenville, she says? Oh, heck yeah. What would we do when you get here? Naked. Whatever you want to do with me. And then he gets more graphic, talks about kissing, having sex. She says she's never done it before. Would it be fun, she asks. Well, yes, of course. And then he starts talking about his physical prowess. He says, I'm big, eight inches and thick, talking about his penis. And then he asks if she's tight. Now she plays that she's confused in her role. And this skips ahead to change for the better 2006, asking if he can stay the night. Now he starts to get a little bit nervous. He says, as long as we don't get into trouble. She says, how would that happen? Well, got to make sure there's nobody around. She reiterates that she lives out in the country. Now, this is where he gets suspicious. And he actually goes online, according to the transcripts, and he seeks information about the address. Now, they've had a phone call. She's given out the address so he can come visit. And this all goes down on a Friday night. And in the course of the conversation, he gets hinky late Friday, Saturday. And he confronts the girl, who he thinks is 13, by saying, you know, the name on the house doesn't come back to the information you provided. This isn't a grandmother who lives there. This is a fellow. And the decoy's got to be pretty quick here. And she is saying that, well, the guy who owns the home actually is a contractor, a builder, which was true. And he has a lot of homes. And so he rents this one to my grandmother at a very reduced rate. And that seemed to satisfy him. But Westerbeck continues to get nervous. And you'll see in a minute why. Westerbeck says, I just need to know you're being straight up with me and not a cop. Nothing personal, but I watch what I do. She says, LOL, no way. Well, that's what one said to a friend of mine a few months ago, and he got busted. He says, it's a friend. There's more to it than that. He goes on to say, I am careful. That's what I was trying to get you to say to me last night. What exactly you wanted to do because cops aren't allowed to solicit. Well, this is a very popular notion among some predators and even some targets of other sting operations. They think that if they ask if the decoy is a cop, that that means they can't get busted. Or if they somehow get the decoy to go along with their sexual discussion, that they can't be busted. The reality is, in Ohio and virtually everywhere else, if a grown man or woman solicits somebody who's underage for sex online, it's a crime. And this is the crime being committed right here. And it would turn out it wasn't Westerbeck's first crime committed this way. The decoy, the decoy loses contact with Westerbeck for several hours. Later, he'd say that he was helping his parents move. But then he admits something, saying, can I be really honest with you about something? I don't want you to be scared or put off by what I'm about to tell you. She says, okay, yeah. It has nothing to do with you, okay? I did something stupid less than a year ago. 
I went to court Friday about it. Now, again, this is Saturday into Sunday. On Friday, he was in court. Why? He says in the chat, my attorney and I plea bargain. This next Thursday, I go to jail for 11 months. I got busted soliciting. So he admits in this conversation with a decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl that he's already been busted doing the very same thing and he's going to show up on a Sunday night knowing he's going to show up in court the following Thursday, four days later, for a judge to lock him up. Can you imagine? Talk about one for the road. Now, it gets even worse from there, as you'll see in just a few minutes. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. He goes on to say, that is why I was so hesitant to believe you. I had to know without a doubt that I wasn't stepping into it again. Well, he's stepping into it all right. That's why I kept asking you to say things, because the cops are not allowed to ask. Only agree with what the other person says. Well, again, his legal knowledge isn't that great. And then when you asked what color of a car I had, the cop that busted me asked me the same question. Well, you think that would teach him a lesson, but not at all. Sunday night, here he comes. Kevin Westerman drives up the driveway to our sting house in Greenville, Ohio, gets out of his car and walks around the back of the house like other predators in the investigation did. And we're all a little taken aback because Westerbeck is not even five feet tall. And it was just odd to see somebody who was, you know, basically a dwarf show up in one of our investigations. You know, again, people always ask me, what do these guys have in common? Well, they come from all walks of life, so it shouldn't be surprising that somebody of small stature, even though he bragged about having large genitalia, would service in one of our investigations. But here he is, walks in. Hello? Hey, good morning. And the decoy says... I got a fish getting chased, Kevin. And immediately, without even thinking about it, Westerbeck says... Well, I'll watch it. And he's so comfortable, so at home. And he has this little waddle to his walk. And he's coming in, and he blows right past the bar we have set up in the basement of this home. It's a fully finished, beautiful basement, television's on, bar, the whole thing. And he walks right past the bar towards the sound of the decoy. In this case, Dell Harvey, then of perverted justice. And I walk out and intercept him. Hey, how are you? Could you do me a favor and have a seat right over there on that stool, please? Yeah. And I'll never forget this part of it because he's standing by the bar. And I'm trying to encourage him to have a seat on the bar stool for a couple of different reasons. One, that's what we do to control the situation. That had become, even in that early investigation, one of my signature lines, have a seat, have a seat right over there. And two where he was because he was not even five feet tall wasn't going to be in the main camera picture frame so i needed to get him into the bar stool so he would be tall enough to be in the shot basically what's going on how are you good how are you fine please have a seat Mm -hmm. now we had different cameras around so we would have captured it obviously but i needed him in the main shot what are you up to 
so much. Should I ask me to come over and please have a seat? Bye. Come on. So finally, after I prod him, he pops up, and it's not easy because he's not five feet tall, and climbs into the chair, <laughs> and we're going to have a conversation. And there's a bowl of potato chips on the bar, and he's nervously eating them. And I start into them, and I'm going to play some of this for you right now so you can get the true sense of it. I'll just come over and say hi, and that was it. So I told her yesterday, I said, you know, she said, well, can we, can we do something? I said, well, I'm not sure I really want to. No. You're not sure you really want to do anything? No. And how old is uh, Destiny? Uh, I'm not sure. You're not sure? No. 16, 17, 18. 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And how old are you? 47. 47. Mm-hmm. There was no intent on anything. I just no intent me. whatsoever. Not on my part, there was it, no sir. Yeah. Problem is that destiny is not sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen. Okay. And she told you that. So you want to start the story again? And he's going to deny and dodge and bob and weave, but we got him. Now, the only problem with your story is. Mm-hmm that I have the transcript of your conversation. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly what you said to her mm-hmm. and when you said it. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just tell me the truth right now, what you had in mind. I did not have any sex in mind. And then I get into his past. And he admits he had been caught before. You pleaded guilty. Correct. And you got sentenced for that plea, correct? That's correct. 11 months. Correct. In fact, next week on Thursday, you have to go to court. Correct. And they're going to decide whether or not you're going to become a registered sex offender. Yes. And then you're going to go to prison. Correct. And I'm just absolutely stunned. What then are you doing in this house? And so I'm just getting warmed up. Now, I've asked him a number of questions like this one. It would be fun, then, okay? You say, then, I'm big. She says, really? Yeah, how? Then you give the dimension of your penis. That's not sexual? Just BS talk. Just BS talk. To me, it was. Okay, so that BS talk got you sentenced to prison once already. And he continues to deny, deflect, and defend. I have no intentions of having sex with her. How can you say that? what it says, but I didn't. Why should I believe that? Because I'm telling you the truth. You didn't tell me the truth uh, when you answered the first six questions I asked. You lied then. Now, I probably would have spent more time with Change for the Better 2006, but in these investigations, you really can't control who shows up when. And perverted justice would try to schedule the arrivals 30 minutes apart but here comes another guy pulling into the driveway so usually at least in this investigation when i was finished we'd encourage the man to leave back from the basement door where he came in but in this case we didn't want to scare off the next predator so ronnie knight my security guy go ahead and follow this gentleman here leads kevin westerbank up the stairs and out the front door and delivers him into the arms of the sheriff's department. He is arrested and taken away. In the meantime, I start the interview with the next predator. He'll be the topic of a future episode of Predators I've Caught. 
Westerbeck is taken off to the jail, to the sheriff's department, where he's interrogated again, this time by detectives. And they found a briefcase in which Westerbeck had a Bible and some other things, but the Bible was of interest. And when he was asked about that in the sheriff's department interrogation, he said he was, well, a man of God, that he had great faith. And the interviewing detective asked him to square that with what he had just done and what he had done in the past. And again, he sidestepped it. They know, because they've researched his background, that he had been busted in a neighboring community. And not only had he been busted in this neighboring community, but the detective was aware in that particular case that Westerbeck was suspected in the sexual assault of a female relative who was barely 10 years old. And the detective in that case knew that Westerbeck had made an admission in that particular case to a counselor. And he was trying legally to get that information. And at that point had been unable to do so. So here we have Kevin Westerbeck, 47 years old, said he was 27, less than five feet tall, a true predator who's just been arrested for soliciting a 13-year-old girl. He was about to go to jail for 11 months for getting caught in a similar sting operation. And he's suspected in the case of sexually assaulting a girl barely 10 years old, a female relative. Now, let me get into that just for a second here, because this is particularly egregious. As the story goes, according to investigators, this young female relative had been dropped off at Westerbeck's home to spend the night. In the middle of the night, there's a horrendous thunderstorm and the girl is frightened and she goes into Westerbeck's room for comfort, climbs in bed, and that is where he assaults her. Can you imagine how outrageous, how vicious, how just profoundly devastating that would be to a girl around 10 years old? And then to be capable of that, to get busted in one case, and then to surface in our investigation, this guy's a guy who's got to go away for a long time. So that Thursday, well, first of all, he has to go to court on our case. The judge, as you can imagine, is not happy. He's, he's not going to do anything to let this guy back onto the street anytime soon. And then he's got the hearing beside that involving the previous case. Listen to what the judge tells him, and he leaves no doubt about Westerbeck's status as a sexual predator. I am required in this hearing to make a determination as to whether or not I believe, based upon the facts presented, the defendant will commit future sex offenses. In this case, you've made it very clear, Mr. Westerbeck, as to... Um, uh, whether or not you commit future offenses. This court will make a finding, and I make this finding beyond a reasonable doubt, that you are likely to commit future crimes based upon the evidence before the court today. 
with that determination, the court will make a finding that you are a sexual predator. And Westerbeck the whole time just looks put out by this. And then he's got the hearing beside that involving the previous case. Now, before he serviced in our investigation, you know, he was given a few days to put his affairs in order, right? And how does he put his affairs in order? He shows up in our sting investigation, trying to meet a 13-year-old girl for sex before he goes to prison for 11 months. All these cases came together. Finally, the detectives were able to also piece together the case involving the 10-year-old relative. Westerbeck ultimately does 10 years in prison. 10 hard years. He then becomes, according to multiple sources, including people with whom Westerbeck has confided, becomes the target of predators in prison himself. As Westerbeck tells the story related to us, he was viciously sexually assaulted on at least two occasions, one of the attacks so severe he was transported out of the prison facility into a hospital for treatment. He finishes his sentence and he goes to live with his mother in an area outside of Dayton, Ohio. Along the way, he gets divorced. No shocker there. And he has to register for life as a sex offender in Ohio. He has to check in every 90 days. And as far as we can tell, he has done exactly that. He worked in a Kroger grocery store for years. And it's unclear as to whether he left voluntarily or he was fired when people figured out who he was, but somebody online snapped a picture of him stocking the shelves, presumably the lower shelves. And that picture went viral on the internet. I am told now that he works on a loading dock in Ohio. And we see no record of him committing any other crimes against children or anyone else. So he gets busted in 2006. 15 years later, he's in his early 60s. Is he still a danger to society, a danger to children? You got to worry about that. And you got to hope that the authorities in Ohio continue to be vigilant about monitoring his whereabouts and his behavior. He served as much time in prison as the state would allow, as prosecutors could get. But he's out there now, free. We don't know much about his 10-year-old victim, who would now be 25, 26. But we do know that without a doubt, Kevin Westerbeck is among the most disturbing and arguably dangerous predators I've caught on Chris Hansen.